Welcome back to MinAdopts Let's Talk, a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current adoptive and foster families, as well as professionals. My name is Chris, and I'm the Greater Minnesota Education Coordinator at MinAdopt. Today, we are joined by Brenda Benning. Brenda works with families individually in home and group settings, both in person and virtually. Her primary focus is adoptive families with children healing from trauma histories and attachment issues. Brenda not only has extensive professional experience, but has real life experience as an adoptive parent and family. We will have a two-part series that will cover how to prepare for getting back into the school routine. Welcome Brenda, with school days just around the corner, I am sure our listeners would like to learn more than just um, how to get ready for back to school with just um, other than a back to school supply list. So for the first of our two-part series, let's start by sharing how to prepare for the school day's transition. So what is the best way to introduce a school schedule for those who haven't started a school year together as a family? Well, first off, thanks for having me. Um, And actually, I have to admit, I love this question because so many times we forget that families haven't been together forever, right? And if you have a fifth grader starting with you, starting a school year for the first time with your family, we don't always think about that. Um, So I I actually love this question. And um, part of what I think about when I think about starting the school year, I remember back when I was starting school and I've always loved school. And you think about all the positive things about the new school year, right? The, um, the, all the new supplies and new clothes and new shoes and a new backpack and all of that stuff that's exciting. And what we forget with a lot of our kids with trauma histories is how much of this isn't exciting and fun, but actually scary because they don't know what to expect and they don't know what's coming. So along with you know, all the new stuff with being in a new family, but also now we've got to look at new school, new teachers, new kids, new environment, new bus, new everything, right? So one of the things I tell parents is just like you would with a kindergartner, you have to ease them into it, right? And so I talk a lot about practicing things, especially when we're talking about older elementary kids or even uh, middle school kids is really practicing what's going to happen. So practice the morning routine, practice the school routine. As soon as you can get your hands on that schedule, um, get time at the school and let's meet with somebody there, a trusted person, a teacher. Hopefully, you know, if you have a contact with the school as a parent, contact that person who may be a good resource for the child coming in, a counselor, a social worker, somebody like that to actually introduce them to the school, walk them around the school. On a different day, if you can, practice walking the schedule so they get to know the school. It eases a lot of the anxiety. And just like with kindergartners, they don't know what to expect when they go to school. And most of our kids, when they're in so many transitions, they don't know what to expect. So practice, practice, practice as soon as you can and um, as much as you can. And a lot of schools are pretty flexible with with um, these situations. So you can usually make that happen fairly easily. Right, and I think we can all remember our school days and when we had to change schools or start a new um, elementary or middle school or high school, even how how we felt and we had the stability mm-hmm. at home. So yeah. those are some good tips yep. for parents to kind of remember what we felt um, and apply that to the new school year for a new youth. Right, right. 
Um, so if a child struggles with their morning routine or just in general in mornings, what are some strategies for getting them out of the house? <laughs> so I'm going to go back to, again, practicing, right? Again, when we jump, we forget about this a lot of times, but when we jump from summer to school, a lot of times um, we tend to forget the, the need for a schedule, especially in the summer, which for our kids is really, really difficult, right? They depend on that schedule. They depend on knowing what's coming next. So working with the morning routine, um, practice it at night. So we're going to we're going to pretend it's morning and this is what we're going to do. And, and it's fun because it's different, right? It's like having breakfast for dinner. <laughs> you know, one of those flip the script a little bit and let's practice what's going to happen in the morning. You go in your bed and I'm going to pretend waking you up. And, and especially if this is a new child to the home who hasn't had to have a schedule in the morning, letting them know or giving them the option of how do you want me to wake you up? Do you want me to come in and rub your back or, you know, touch your feet or turn the light on and leave? You know, it gives you an opportunity to really have good conversations about what's going to make them most comfortable. Because if you have multiple kids in the home, every single one of them is different in how they like to be woken up and how well they wake up in the morning. So having a conversation around that at nighttime or, you know, a different time than morning to really feel out what they prefer and then practice it. Um, practice it a couple mornings, doing it maybe not as early as you have to for school, but working on that. And then, and then, and I know this is gonna come up later, but always have a backup plan, right? Give yourself lots of extra time in the morning and explain why. And then, um, and then kind of go through that schedule multiple times over the next few weeks as we're getting ready for the real thing, right? We do fire drills, we do tornado drills, we do all these other drills, but we don't really prep kids for this major transition from summer to school. So, um, so yeah, just practice, have conversations and really kind of support each other in the process because parents need as much insight into the kids as the kids need into what the parents are gonna do as well. Right. And that is a good idea to practice and to prepare for school days. Um, like how soon should parents start doing the structured routine and you know the fire drills for both AM and PM? Mm -hmm. I know that Minnesota starts typically after Labor Day. So we're we're about a month right. out. Um, yeah, it's not very far. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I would say if you look at sleep research, you know, a lot of parents throw away the sleep schedule in the summer. And so it's really hard to get kids, especially older kids back on track for getting enough sleep at night and getting to bed at night and those kinds of things. And because of that, you can't do it the weekend before, right? You need to have a good two to three weeks. And it's really hard for kids, especially in the summer to go to bed at eight o'clock when they're used to staying up till 10 right? But you can do it in slow increments. So you start two to three weeks before school starts, and then just do a half hour earlier. So for, for you know, four or five days, we're going to go to bed at 930 instead of 10. And then every few days, you increase it to a little bit more. And if you can get to a week, week and a half before the first day of school that you're actually having them to bed the time that you want them to go to bed, um, that would be ideal. 
Okay. So again, it, it this is a slow transition because our bodies don't adjust very well to a, a major time shift or bedtime routine immediately. So spending a little time doing it in slow increments is going to be the best for everybody as you're kind of all getting back used to getting up for school and getting everybody ready and out the door when for a lot of parents, it's just been them in the morning that they have to worry about. Now they've got to worry about other people. Right. And then you factor in those, you know, daylight hours changing, mm -hmm. getting darker sooner. It's, you know, yeah. And our kids are invariably going to have issues in the morning, right? They're, it's going to be a tough transition. And then what, what happens when they don't get enough sleep that night or whatever. So the slower you can do that transition, then the sooner you can start that transition, the better for having a more successful start to the year. Um, so you also talked about, you know, getting routines in place and something may pop up in a youth's history about having horrible experiences on like the school bus or maybe at lunchtime, things that are just going to throw them off with their schedule. So what can parents do to make this better? Well, I'm going to tell you, if you've been on a school bus <laughs> lately, oh my God, I could never be a school bus driver. Um, <laughs> it's super, um, it's super important to remember that while we may breathe a sigh of relief as soon as they get on the bus, um, that experience for kids, even neurotypical kids, um, is really stressful. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to keep an open mind and make sure that they understand and that we're willing and able, I guess I should preface that, that if the bus goes badly, that parents can step back and go, okay, this is an unnecessary stressor that I can alleviate by giving you a ride to school, okay? Um, and having that flexibility and throughout all of this with getting ready for school, flexibility is going to be a huge part of it. You can't really practice what the bus is going to be like, but what you can practice is um, doing some role play. What are you going to do if somebody does this? What are you going to do if the bus is really loud? And you can really start working and role-playing some of those scenarios and really start building some skills within our kids to handle some of these stressors in that 20-minute bus ride to school. But always have in your back pocket that what are my alternatives to my child riding the bus? Are there other ways that I can get them to school without the bus being involved? And we had to do this ourselves last year. And I have one neurotypical child who just could not handle the bus. And so the ones who could ride the bus rode the bus and the ones that didn't, I was fortunate enough to be able to um, get them to and from school. But the stress level that the bus created was almost unmanageable um, for three of my five kids that were riding the bus. So as a parent, you know each child has different needs. Right. And then you you be as flexible as you can in meeting those particular needs of each child. And um, how do we lessen the stress as much as we can, if we can, right? Right. Well, and it just throws off your whole routine and practice mm -hmm. and everything that you've helped to prepare. Um, mm -hmm. Because, of course, you can't just hop on a school bus. Right, right. Practice yeah. or 
and and having you know finding alternatives you know a lot of kids just can't handle the chaos of the bus okay is getting you know getting noise canceling headphones an option or getting a music device that they can hook the headphones into so it doesn't look like they're you know blocking out noise but that they're actually listening to music or something like that that because i know kids are hypersensitive to those kinds of accommodations as well so how can we help them manage the stigma if you will on some of these things and cope with the the bus or you know some of those other things connecting to the bus some of our kids especially if we're talking about kids from the foster care system remember many kids are taken from the bus to a new placement and so it's really important for these kids if you have a child like that that has been removed from a placement without even going into the home but they've been swept up by the the worker with all their stuff right from the bus and left um, it's really important for these kids to make sure that as a parent you are there um, at least for a short amount of time to greet them from the bus so they know they're actually coming home okay and that's something we don't always think about but they could have some anxiety just getting off the bus rather than getting on the bus because of their trauma history as well so it's something to keep in mind as you're looking at your child's history to see what are ways that i can alleviate that stress if they're coming down the street and they see you standing outside the house they know that they're coming home does that make sense that is a really good i never i never really thought about that the, the getting off the bus and being there for them and them knowing that you're going to be there um that's a really good tip definitely um so what can parents tell school staff or what kind of preparation should parents do to make the school days more enjoyable for everyone so when i talk to schools i share information that's important but not necessarily everything okay so I don't need to share all of my child's history with school staff for them to be able to meet their needs. If there's safety concerns, we definitely want to be able to address those. But I would schedule, if you're, if you're able, I would schedule a meeting with school staff prior to the start of school with the child and again, without the child, so that you have some freedom to say some things that maybe the child isn't, um, is a little bit more, cautious about or maybe they have some anxiety that they don't think they have but the parents clearly see so by sharing some of those those things about you know simply saying you know their experience at school hasn't been all that great um, without sharing information you can share that and say we need to make sure this is a safe place for them emotionally and focus focusing on the emotional pieces of school safety is really important for kids with trauma histories so I would meet, I would share pertinent information regarding school and they'll ask more intrusive questions. But as a parent, you have the right to say, I don't think that's important at this point. Right now, this is what we're focused on. If they don't have an IEP, you can still meet with staff and express your concerns. I personally like to meet with teachers and then follow up with an email about my child who's starting a new school because I want them to remember me and that I'm advocating for my child and that way they'll remember my child as well. 
if we send them to school and we don't give school any information, when something happens, schools automatically go to, this is a bad kid. Right. And that's what we don't want to happen. So you share what you need to, but not too much. And then um, really making sure you're helping the child establish a safe person at school is really important as well. And that'll take a little time to develop, but that's also an important piece to remember as things are going, um, as the school year gets going and you're seeing where the child is con continuing to struggle or where they're finding success and who they're finding success with. Right. And even knowing, you know, if those horrible school bus experiences are happening, mm -hmm. um, of course, in the morning, that first hour might be more stressful for yep. and if you, the child or the teacher. <laughs> exactly. So if you know that, if you know that the school, the school bus in the morning could be a trigger for, for your child, you can always ask, you won't always get it, but you can always ask staff, is there somebody for the first week or two of school who could meet the child from the bus and welcome them into the school? Because just that little interaction and reset could really make a huge difference in how the rest of their day goes. Something else we don't always think about and schools don't always think about is how stressful that school bus is. So we can, in, we can interrupt that a little bit for the child by being proactive with the school. Yeah, well, those are all great tips. Um, is there anything else you can think of or other scenarios? Well, I think the biggest difficulty that, that I hear families complain about or worry about is getting the child out the door in the morning can sometimes be a struggle. And um, from that perspective, I think it's really important for us as parents to really listen and watch our child's body language. You know, you can have a child who's going along just fine in the morning, but as soon as it's time to leave, we'll kind of panic and maybe um, sabotage their day in a way where they'll have a, an outburst or something that would hold everybody up. And then that creates all kinds of emotions for everybody else. And I think my best advice for parents in these kinds of situations is really pay attention to your child's body language as the morning goes on. And you may have to, again, back to flexibility, we might have to take a step back and go, yep, you're looking a little bit like you're getting anxious or dysregulated, let's take a second here and let's just sit down and breathe for a second. Maybe not breathe, but let's, you know, younger child, let's go read a, let's go read a, a little story or something to shift everything from the anxiety of school and the bus to um, calming activities and relaxing and helping them breathe and emotionally re-regulate a little bit. Um, we miss that a lot in the craziness of the morning. So if you're having trouble getting your child out the door in the morning, think about some of these emotional, emotional regulation techniques you can use to help them um, reset and be able to move forward with their day. Perfect. And I think we will discuss a little bit more about those battles with homework and chores on your next um, podcast that we have in our two-part series. So yep. Thank you so much, Brenda. This was very helpful. And right. I'll wrap up. Okay, thank you. Thank you. The follow-up podcast will air next week and we will discuss topics you'll cover during your webinar titled Defiance and Disrespect, Battles with Homework and Chores. 
Listeners, be sure to register on minadop.org for Brenda's September 13th webinar. Thank you so much for joining us today for Let's Talk. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to our podcast. We hope you'll join us in a few weeks for part two.